your horse training questions answered. Answered. Welcome to the Carson James Podcast, your weekly boost of horsemanship. No jargon, no fluff, and no BS. Just natural, proven solutions that work. And now, here's Carson James. Hey, so we've got a question here from Ann, and it's a really good question. And she's asking about, uh, you know, how much pressure do I use on my horse? And this is a really important thing to talk about because it makes all the difference in the world. And if you don't understand the concept of this, it will throw off your timing and all that. And it can lead to big problems, you know, like the typical problems people have with their horses, like uh, buddy sour, bolting, bucking, inattentive, uh, you name it, you know, it could, it could cause it. So, uh, her, her exact question here is, uh, and this is from, this is from Anne, how much pressure, uh, how do I know how much pressure to use on my horse? So, Anne, it's uh, a lot of times at our clinics and things like that. We like to, we like to give this example of this little kid and, we refer to him like he's in kindergarten, you know, second grade, third grade, high school, college. So we go around, we jump back and forth on this made up kid's timeline because it really resonates with people and really helps it make sense. So as far as knowing, you know, how much pressure to use. So let's just start off. Let's assume you have this kid and let's, uh, let's assume his name is Jake. Okay. Well, let's say that Jake is out of kindergarten, you know, let's say he's in fifth or sixth grade where he should easily be able to know the alphabet and spell and write some kind of a paper. Okay, well, by the time he's had that much experience and that much confidence, if you said, hey, Jake, do your paper, and he just wasn't getting it done and wasn't getting it done, well, you would know because you knew what Jake did know and what he did not know that the reason it was not getting done is not from lack of understanding how to do it. It's from him just needing more motivation. Okay, so in that instance with Jake, on this timeline of Jake's understanding and education, right, you would firm up and it would kind of be like, hey, get it done, you know, kind of like that deal. Now, let's say if Jake was, and you guys will have to forgive me if I get my grades wrong with uh, knowing how much a kid should know when he's in kindergarten things, but just stick with me here. Uh, let's say we go back to when Jake was in first grade and you said, hey, write this sentence, okay? Well, if Jake was not getting it done, the odds of it being because he was lacking understanding or confidence or not exactly knowing how to spell a couple of the words would be way, way higher, right? Because his, his understanding is not to the point of being able to do that easily and without having to, you know, even hardly think about it. So in that instance, it might be more like, hey, buddy, so let's, you know, talk with me here. Uh, let me know what it is that is making you struggle with this. I really don't think it's because you're being lazy, and I don't really think it's because you're not trying. I think it's probably because maybe there's some of these words or these letters that you need more help with, uh, you know, something like that. Then if I could read the feedback from Jake, I could realize, oh, 
Well, it's because he's, you know, he's struggling with the word dog. You know, let's just say the goal is for this this kid to write, you know, the dog jumps through the fence and over the cat. Uh, now, you know, there's a lot more that can go into that, and we might circle around, uh, we might circle back around to that on on this discussion or uh, mention it at a later time. But kind of remember, that's kind of the biggest indicator. Uh, another thing we tell people all the time is you can't ask a horse to do it better if he does not know what it is. So a really good example, uh, one really common thing that we get is, hey, uh, my horse is my horse lunges like very, 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 very badly, like horribly, right? So then every time it's in real life, we could just ask them to, to show us what it looks like when they're trying to get them to do it. Or if they send in a video, either one, and every single time, it's always the same answer. Say, okay, okay, I see that, you know, him and you are both struggling with getting this working for you. Uh, send us a video of you trying to get him to lunge at a walk. And then by the time they actually get that filmed and stuff, they write back or say in person, oh, wow. Now that I've broken it down, I realize there's 20 things that I need to get better, even at a walk, uh, before trying to do it at a trot. Now, let's change the scenario a little bit, and let's say he does it perfectly at a walk, and it's just hard to get him to do it at a trot, maybe just because he's lazy, you know? So, in that instance, you would start off very, very lightly, and then quickly add more pressure, and immediately when he responded at the trot you would immediately go back to being light again. So kind of think of it like that. You know, you have to you have to look at a horse and whatever you want them to do, you have to break down whatever it is and breaking it down may be just doing it at a slower pace. It may be you asking them more slowly to perform it. It may be that they're trying to perform it too fast, so you have to you know, really slow everything down. Uh, you know, speed ahead of accuracy never did much good with any horse ever in the history of horsiness. So, you know, being able to look at a horse and see what they're doing and be able to say, oh, okay, well, the reason this horse is not lunging very good is because when he goes to change directions, he's coming right towards the human to change that direction and the human's having to jump out of the way and he's basically running them over in the process of changing directions while lunging. So what you would need to do there is you would need to have the horse going around you at a walk, stop the horse, get him backing up, and as he backs up, get him to yield his shoulders away from you. And once he was pointed in the right direction, you would then ask him to go forward, but not when he's pointed at your body, because that means you get ran over. So knowing how much pressure to use is a constantly varying thing. You just have to see where the horse is at. Now, let's say if I was to go right now and get on one of my personal horses and I noticed that he, uh, let's say I noticed that he side passed really good to the left, but he didn't side pass really good to the right. Now, it could be because I just needed to put more pressure on him. And, you know, right when I felt him try to side pass to the right a little harder, I would ease off and reward him. Or it could be 
because something about the elements of side passing to the right he was struggling with. Maybe it's because he was out of balance and that was preventing him from being able to do it good to the right. In that case, I would not need to say do it better. I would need to get him to understand better what it actually is that I want him to do. So anytime you're wondering, okay, well, can am I, am I to the point to where I can you know, start asking a little more, adding a little more pressure, trying to work towards getting him to do it better. First, make sure that that horse really knows what it is that you're wanting him to do. 88% of the time when somebody is struggling to get a horse to do something, it's because they are they think that their horse is at a seventh grade level when in reality he's at a third grade level and you hear it all the time. Oh, he knows what to do. He's just being stubborn. Uh, That's never the case. If he knew what he would do, he would do it. He's a horse. They're one of the most willing animals that are, you know, that are here on the earth. Uh, So it's never that, oh, he just, he's just trying to be a brat or, oh, he's just trying to get away with it, or it's never any of that. You guys have to remember, uh, just because a horse does it right 10 times in a row, that doesn't mean that he's sure that that was the right answer. A quick example of this, uh, and this all goes back to knowing how much pressure to use. When I was, when I was a little bitty fella, my last name is Road, it's, my last name is not James, it's actually Rodenizer. Uh, James is my middle name. But anyways, my name is, I think, German, and it's kind of complicated to spell. Well, back when I was a little fella, uh, I would, I could spell it, but I had to really think about it. I had to concentrate. I had to be at the barn. I had to be in the barn at home. You know, I couldn't be, out of my comfort zone because all that would throw me off. I did not have the sureness and the confidence to spell my last name when I was out in the big open pasture or on a trail ride with a lot of other horses. And I'm making a connection here, but just kind of, you see what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Now, as time went on and I got, because of, you know, good positive affirmation from my parents and people that knew how to spell my last name, after enough of that positive affirmation from my leaders or my teachers, I quickly, because they were very good to let me know when it was right or wrong, I very quickly got really confident in spelling my last name. And now it doesn't matter where I'm at. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter if it's pitch black dark, if there's lights going on all over the place, if I'm getting pulled over by a police officer. It it never matters. There is no situation you could put me in that I would not be able to spell my last name because I am so confident in it. And you could also ask me to spell it five times. And even if you told me it was wrong five times in a row, I am so sure that I am right. I would keep spelling it that same way. So, you know, that even goes back to what about a horse that's good in the arena at home, but really bad out on the trail? It's because he's really not good in the arena at home. It just seems like he is. So as far as knowing how much pressure to put on a horse, just because they give you the right answer 10 times in a row, that doesn't mean that they know it and they're sure of it. Uh, Just like a horse that gets in a trailer, just because a horse will get in a trailer does not mean he actually wants to be in there. So you have to you have to read all these things and you have to look at your horse and be able to discern 
what he's telling you. Uh, you know, is he not doing it because he's lazy or is he not doing it because he's not fully sure what to do? So he's not doing it with much confidence. Therefore, it's kind of coming off as laziness. So, you know, developing the experience and being able to look at a horse and see that, that part just comes from experience. Uh, now, like uh, a lot of times I'll refer back to the Buckaroo Crew. So the Buckaroo Crew is a website. It's buckaroocrew.com. And we have uh, a virtual clinic on there and all these videos of myself working with other horses along with working with the other horses' owners. And uh, as as you start to go through and watch all of these, you start to see that it's we're we're doing the exact same thing with every person and every horse. We're just doing it in a little bit of a different way with every person and every horse. One thing that really confuses horse people is the massive influx of overload information all over YouTube, on the internet, on podcasts of how to train a horse. But this is the thing that really clears the air about that. You, like, most of the things out there are totally right. Everybody is saying the same thing. They're just saying it in their own way. And when you really start to have an understanding of how these horses operate, why they do what they do, all of those things, when you develop that skillful timing and the amount of pressure to use and when to release it, etc., you get to where you realize everybody is saying the same thing. Uh, Ray Hunt worded it better than anyone when he said, you make the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult. If you go online and enter anything of how to fix any problem with a horse, if that person that you're watching is having success, you watch, and I guarantee you they are they have just found some way to make the undesirable things a little bit difficult, not painful and not impossible for the horse to do, but just a little bit difficult. They've learned how to have the correct timing to get in the horse's way when he's doing what they don't want, and they're very skilled at getting out of that horse's way when they see a change and he starts to kind of do what they were wanting. So uh, you make the right thing easy and you make the wrong thing difficult. And as far as knowing how much pressure to use, that is the exact same thing. All of these things with horses circle back around to be the same basic foundation, make the right thing easy and make the wrong thing difficult. And uh, there is there is not a horse alive that that does not work on. You know, everybody is under the impression that, well, each horse is different, so you have to find out the one thing that works for each horse. Well, that's what makes people so confused. And that's why when you watch 500 people on on the internet doing what seems to be 500 different techniques, they're actually all the exact same technique. It really clears the air when you can see that and understand it. You do not do anything different with horse A than you do with horse B. Every single horse, it doesn't matter the age, the breed, the color, it does not matter his background, his past, none of that matters. Uh, you guys know the saying, a horse is a horse, of course, of course. That's the one saying in the horse world that you never hear, and it should be the one you hear the most. Uh, horses are not complicated animals. They learn really, really fast. The reason it takes so long for people to get results is because you're not actually working on your horse. You're working on yourself. When you get that right, 
You just start messing with a horse and he just starts getting better and better. You don't even have to think about it. Just like me trying to spell my last name now versus when I was five years old, you know, so you have to build that confidence. You have to build that sureness. And if you can do that, you will find yourself in a place to where having problems with horses is a thing of the past. So now when you're out spending time with your horse, you're not just trying to fix this problem, fix that problem. You actually get to have some enjoyment with it and you get to work on improving his lightness, improving his side pass instead of just spending five years trying to fix problems that never even had to be there in the first place. You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real. Simple. Horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends. 